Welcome, willkommen, welcome, bienvenue, bienvenido, and maligayang pagdating to the Goddess of Technology podcast, your podcast on career development and growth in the technology industry. My name is Marie, and I am your podcast host. Wait, I actually hate working in tech. Now, If you read the podcast title, you might know that this is rather a clickbait and exaggerated and is a title that is meant in a more humorous way. Although, if I may be honest with you, there are some instances where I do feel I hate working in tech, although overall, I do love it. It is true that I have identified challenges when working in the technology industry and for educational transparency and completeness purposes i'll be revealing exactly these challenges with you in this podcast episode of the goddess of technology now why am i doing this should i not be motivating you to work in tech or to remain within tech well I'd like to offer those amongst you who are motivated to start working in tech or to move towards a tech-related job, a transparent overview of this industry, weighing out its pros and cons. What I would like to avoid is euphemizing working in tech or portraying it as an industry that is perfect and to mislead you into believing that it is flawless because like anything else in life and like any other person including myself it is not all in all please note that i do love working in the technology industry but To be able to love something or someone wholeheartedly, we require deep awareness and knowledge on this thing or on this person. Otherwise, you are just infatuated. But to me, I genuinely love tech with the good, the bad, the pretty, and the ugly. But in this episode, we will be focusing on the ugly. <laughs> Now, let's kick it off with the challenges when working in tech. The first one is burnout risk for employees. Yerbo is a service provider for personalized assessments. And in a research report by Yerbo, which is entitled The State of Burnout in Tech and which was published last year in 2022, 30,000 IT professionals were surveyed across 33 countries. Amongst these professionals, the following figures were concluded. 56% of men and 69% of women cannot relax even after their workday is over. 43% of these people feel 
disengage from their work and 27% of them even don't see the value or their purpose in their work any longer. And last but not least, 51% feel they are achieving less than what the company expects of them, what their customers expect of them, and most importantly, what they expect of themselves. Now, we all have an idea of what burnout actually is, but let's get into the root causes for burnout, especially in the technology industry. Well, there is a risk of information overload and also digital fatigue or digital exhaustion because the technology industry is about being online, right? So both information overload and this digital fatigue are due to many factors. Here are some. So high expectations of technology companies on their employees, especially in the context of economic recession that we're currently having your companies or your employers growth pains which puts them under more stress than usual to perform and to survive strong competition on the side of other companies and strong product portfolio and services that they might be having and as a result of this employee turnover so employees leaving your employer putting them under pressure again to onboard new hires as efficiently and as effective as possible so they can take over the workload from those employees who left the company and give the company a return on investment, ROI, on the initial investment on these new hires. So they do not just want to hire people, new people, and pay them their salaries. They also want these new employees to be profitable for them, for their performance to give an added value, to offer an impact to this company. Otherwise, there would not it would not be... Um, profitable for the company to have hired the new hires so they have to be trained in a way that they can perform as quickly and as effectively as possible Um, and as for the existing employees there is also the responsibility on the company side to continuously enable them and train them on any new products and product features that are out there and if a company is in a fight or flight mode where they're feeling that their existing solutions that they're trying to sell on the market are not being profitable then they're gonna be rather desperate yeah desperate to invest research and development in new products and sometimes these new products are also not profitable uh, because there is already existing large competition on the market so um, overall there are a lot of root causes and factors affecting burnout in tech employees Um, and in this instance I would also like to recommend some solutions 
uh, to not just leave you hanging and just mentioning there is this uh, burnout epidemic in the tech industry, but to also offer you some burnout prevention and intervention methods. And I have done so in the Goddess of Technology podcast. You hear that right? In episode 27, I'm elaborating on some coping strategies. Uh, If you feel that you are about to have a burnout or you already have one, or you know some dear colleagues who could benefit from this episode, please feel free to share it with them. A second challenge that I'm perceiving in the technology industry is potentially misleading employer branding. Here's a stereotypical employer branding of a technology companies. Family-like corporate culture. So technology companies advertising themselves as a second company to their employees to not be a company only, but to be a community, to offer remote work, allowing their people to be a digital nomad working from Bali at the beach. And if ever they are sent to the office to have open workspaces, um, table tennis, after work drinks with colleagues of your age and having a fun time, Now, this is a stereotypical image that a lot of technology companies are painting these days to motivate potential candidates to apply for positions within their company. But I would like to give you a gentle reminder here. Yes, you can have a positive relationship with your company, your employer, your manager, your team, your mentor. Yes, and I am motivating you to have that because if you have healthy, positive relationships in the workplace, you are in your best possible um, condition and state to perform the best way that you can, best possible way that you can, and to remain happy and healthy. So yes, please do have great relationships with people if that's what you have. But a gentle reminder again here, Your employer and you have a business relationship. You have a business transaction. Your employer and you are trading your valuable time, skills, knowledge, experience to help them achieve their business objectives in exchange for them providing you with your salary and your employee benefits and on a psychological level, a sense of belonging to a community, to a company, which is particularly important for employees who have moved on their own to a country to work for a specific company, especially if their families are far away and they cannot see their families on a regular basis. The company becomes their new family in in some way. But there is a fundamental difference between your employer and a family. Since the day you were born, at least a healthy family situation, would allow you to feel loved, appreciated, and celebrated since the day you were born, irrespective of your performance, performance, 
irrespective of the results and the output you offer to your family. But irrespective of all of that, you are a part of that family. They want you to be a part of that family. Whereas your employer is a business. It is profit generating. Your relationship is not unconditional, but it is a conditional relationship. You have a good relationship with them under the condition that you perform as the company expects. And if for an extended amount of time and repeatedly you do not perform accordingly, the process will look as follows. Your manager will be offering, will be sharing this with you, will then be offering to give you extra coaching, extra training, um, If that does not work, your manager is likely to put you on a performance uh, improvement plan or a PIP to track the level of improvement of your performance. And if that also doesn't work, you will be let go. And this is not something that a family does, putting the measures down there, measuring your performance and under the condition that you perform, you will still be a part of that family. So in that sense, I do not see it as a family. I I can see an employer that you have a good relationship with as a good employer. And in some positive cases, you will be finding friends that you can also interact with and spend quality time with outside of work. But overall, the company you're working for offers you a business relationship it is not a family now if you notice if you're really honest with yourself that your employer is the only community that you feel a sense of belonging to then i highly recommend you to be a part of additional communities too for example what do you like to do in your free time Do you like doing sports? Maybe you can be a part of a gym. Or do you like playing a music instrument or singing? Maybe you can go to a choir or join a band. Um, Or if you would like to meet new friends, then maybe you can go to some networking events to meet friends, uh, new friends. And so it's important that, yes, For you to feel a sense of belonging to your employer, but for you to not isolate your employer as your only source um, to satisfy your need for social relationships, your need for a sense of belonging and love, um, and the only place where you actually invest your time, attention, and energy in. Because if you invest that amount into your employer then there is a risk that you do not set the boundaries between your personal and your professional life Um, I understand that there will be always a gray zone and that it's important to build a personal rapport with people especially if you're in a people-oriented job but if your employer is basically the only community that you feel a part of then 
that is unhealthy and it's time for you to be part of more because you deserve to feel a sense of belonging in a more healthy and balanced way in different groups than only your employer. Challenge number four, poor effectiveness and poor efficiency in companies, especially due to poor collaboration and communication silos between the different departments. Stereotypical scenario, an account executive who is a sales professional signs a new contract with a brand new customer and sells them a set of solutions that the customer didn't have before. Now, where this company has become a customer, they're handed over to the post-sales team. And this post-sales team includes the customer success manager, and in some cases also professional services, including consultants, project managers, and technical engineers. And this post-sales team would then help the customer implement, set up, and adopt the solutions that they have purchased. Now, in order to do this in the most successful and seamless way possible, this post-sales team requires handover information from the sales team, from the account executive. And in some cases, they do not receive this handover information at all. They receive poor information or they receive inaccurate information, but in any way, the information that they're receiving in some cases does not help them help the customer in the end, which leads to poor customer experience and a bad review for your employer. Now, this is not to point fingers at account executives or anyone in this example, but just to illustrate a stereotypical example how bad collaboration and communication silos work in practice and how can you actually improve this so i actually also published an episode on this this is episode 24 and it's about breaking communication silos between your tech teams but if this issue is not being solved then you It will also not be fun for you to work in tech if successful teamwork, successful collaboration is not a part of the deal. Yes, you are an independent individual who owns their book of business, who owns their areas of responsibilities, but especially in tech, you will have to collaborate with so many different departments. And if your end result, if your performance depends on your collaboration with others or on the resources and information others provide you with, then collaboration is very important and you should be interested and driven to actually succeed in that collaboration piece and for and for others to actually think the same because it's just a win-win situation for all parties involved that you collaborate well with each other so i'm inviting you to tune into that episode and to share it with the people you collaborate with at work uh so um you will be able to achieve that win-win situation for you and for them at the end of the day Last but not least, a challenge that I'm also seeing in the technology industry is discrimination. 
Now, the tech industry is stereotypically positioned and, and portrayed as an inclusive community. However, facts and figures indicate rather the opposite. So, as mass layoffs continue impacting tech negatively, a 2023 report by tech career marketplace Dice revealed that racism and sexism are growing issues in tech. According to the survey um, of nearly 2,500 tech professionals, 24% of tech professionals experienced racial discrimination in 2022, compared to only 18% in 2021. So there is a clear increase there. The percentage of tech workers who said they experienced gender discrimination also rose from 21% in 2000, 2021 to 26% in 2022. Also, at the beginning, as you can remember, one of the challenges I mentioned of tech is burnout risk. So there, there's also a group of people in the technology industry that feel discriminated based on their mental health challenges and maybe also diagnose mental health disorders. So it's important to point out that yes, it is um, compared to other industries, it is a relatively inclusive industry, but it is far from perfect. And there are still a lot of actions that we need to set into place every single one of us to make it a more welcoming place for people irrespective of our origin our physical appearance our um, gender identity our sexual orientation our mental health condition and so on and so forth and surprise surprise I also have an episode dedicated to that. That is episode 35. It is called Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, DEI, Zero Fluff Strategies for Technology Companies. So in that episode, I am elaborating on solutions that you can put into place in teamwork with your company to create a more inclusive work environment. Now, Those were the challenges that I want to warn you about before you start working in tech. Again, I overall love, appreciate, and enjoy working in tech. But as everything that we love wholeheartedly and that we know wholeheartedly, there are challenges out there. And I do feel that they are not sufficiently talked about. Um, if you are in tech yourself already and you know tech already well, you will have heard about these aspects, these challenges I just mentioned. But for someone who is about to start in tech or who's planning to, there is not enough information out there that lists down in a very transparent and easily understandable way what challenges there are specifically in the technology industry. So I wanted to point these out as well. And maybe an extra one that I can add here, which is basically a part of the result of what's been going on and the economic crisis. Those are the mass layoffs in the technology industry. So although 
a lot of people say that tech is a relatively stable industry to be in. Everything that's digital and online is more safe and stable than any physical industry such as retail for example but although you may be right tech is not 100% safe from the recession and from uh, layoffs as you can see in the mass layoffs in tech as well so please take that into consideration uh, everything that I shared with you today if you decide to move over to tech um, you should try it out for yourself, how you like it, what impact it has on you. And if it moves, moves you towards a direction where you want to grow into career-wise uh, and also personally, then I'm welcoming you together with a lot of other tech professionals out there with open arms to be a part of this lovely community that we are in. But beware. It is also challenging. Um, and this is what I wanted to point out in this episode to be as honest and real as possible here. Because I would love to have a trusted, authentic relationship with you. And I can only achieve that if I share the truth with you. The good, the bad, the pretty, and the ugly, as I've said. So enjoy your Sunday, beautiful people. I hope you enjoyed this. And I am really curious, what, which one of these challenges have you experienced yourself in your personal life already? And in which story, which, in which context have you experienced it in your personal life? Also, or rather in your career. Also, are there any additional challenges that you want to point point people out to you before working in tech? I'd be really excited to learn about those as well. Uh, and I'm inviting you to contact me via the contact form in the podcast description notes and to send your personal experience with me or maybe additional challenges you are facing in tech via the form. And I'm super excited to hear from you and I'm wishing you a lovely Sunday evening. Mwah. <laughs>